Okay, Connor, uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Joseph. Um, yeah, I, I think let, let, you know. Let's let's just get straight into it. Um, I've I think I came across you guys on Adam, and I'm forgetting his second name. Um, but I, I came across you on a LinkedIn post. I think it was two weeks ago now, and you you guys were mentioned as basically having a uh, a really really successful B2B podcast and B2B media company. Um, and I thought this is exactly what the show is about. So I'd, you know, love to bring you on and, and kind of have a conversation about how you guys have built this, you know, media empire and media community. Uh, in your I love industry. talking about this. So I'm really glad you invited us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. In your in your in your industry. So I guess as a as a starting place, I guess you know what what made you guys go down the road of you know building this building this media company and you know where did this all start? Absolutely. So I have to first give a couple shout outs because um, mm-hmm. I joined Linear B, uh, mm-hmm. we're a Series A B2B SaaS startup last yeah. May of 2021. And before I joined, they'd already germinated this idea and started it. And I was recruited to take it over and kind of take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I joined, you know, Rocco Saboth, our uh, VP of marketing, uh, Nico, our at the time, He's now our director of product marketing, but at the time was kind of doing a lot of my role and I'm doing a full stock marketing role. And then um, our COO, Dan Lyons, had kind of started moving forward with this idea where Dan had started and done the first few iterations of our podcast, Dev Interrupted. And, you know, he and Rocco had written some incredible blogs. And we knew we had something where engineering leaders were finding that they didn't have the same sense of community and opportunity for growth that an average developer does. So there are a lot of conferences where you can go hear from other developers, or you can even hear from engineering leaders, you know, the VP of engineering, the CTO, the the director, but generally the audience isn't going to be like an intimate group of other engineering leaders. And given that our our product is both for for developers and for engineering leaders, uh, we felt like there needed to be more voice on that. And our COO, Dan, and our, our CEO, Ori, are both former VPs of engineering themselves and really understood like this is something that we found was missing in our careers and we yeah. want to provide that community. So that's how Dev Interrupted started and it's it's been very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think having, I guess I'll ask you the question, how, how important do you think it is that, you know, both kind of those two leadership you know, positions oh, that huge. they already had that subject? Matter yeah, you need the buy-in, right? Like mm. you, you need one of, so, so one, you need like the trust from your leadership that you can mm-hmm. take this, what until a year or two ago was probably an off the wall marketing approach that's mm-hmm. focused more on like generating awareness and mm-hmm. building long-term like uh, category and thought leadership, which isn't really thought of for a lot of folks. A lot of folks will say, hey, we want to be able to attribute our leads, right? We want to be data-driven and we're a data-driven company, mm-hmm. but we recognize the value of the podcast and the media brand we built around it. Even yep. if it means we're not getting as many like bad leads from people downloading white papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that leadership buy-in is important, particularly if you're taking the podcast route and you need to have a subject matter expert leading that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was very important for us to have Dan start the pod and, you know, have the cachet being a former VP of engineering who can, mm-hmm. you know, have a real conversation with another, you know, engineering leader and yeah. they get each other. Uh, that, that gets so messed. I just, cause I, I do this all the time and it, the amount of, I think companies that particularly with podcasts, right. B2B podcast that they go and start a podcast and they think that they can just throw on like anyone in the company to host this thing or or to you know host the conversation i think it's i think when you have that you know you need to have that that subject matter both of those subject matters otherwise the conversation is just so unbalanced 
I, I always notice that it's it's always so like question answer question answer, uh, and you really need you need that balance of subject subject matters on on a podcast. It's just yeah, so important. It's interesting for us right now because we're in a bit of a transition point. Uh, so our company's in the midst of you know exploring a Series B raise. Dan's extremely busy, and so I've been filling in as a guest host on on several pods. Uh, and you know I've I've done some development work, but it's not my expertise. Um, yeah. Uh, happily, you know, I've been now almost a year here at the company. I've been in depth on the podcast, in depth on the content. I, before that, I was with Microsoft for several years as a contractor in various mm-hmm. roles, diving yep. deep on like c- cybersecurity, privacy. So I'm steeped mm-hmm. enough in the knowledge to get it and have these conversations yeah. Yeah. because of the work I've been doing. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely no comparison when it comes to you know someone like Dan or our developer yeah. advocate who who's been there and done the work for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's possible. I, I think it can work, and I've I've seen it work. I'm I'm doing it with with certain clients, but I just think you, in order for it to really hit the right chord, it, it you have to you have to, you have have to connect. That. You have yeah, you have to connect. You have to have that like level where both people can get to like a, a depth of understanding of of that topic. Otherwise, it, it just totally it feels very. You know, it's very out of balance, the conversation. Uh, and we've had a lot yeah. of success. You know, we're a little over a year in now. Uh, mm. We're getting over 1,200 downloads a week wow. uh, from engineering leaders and developers. Mm. It spawned a conference series for us. So we ha- we ran a, a conference for engineering leaders virtually back in September mm-hmm. of 2021 that yeah. had over 500 engineering leaders in attendance. We're doing another one in April for more than 1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see how it's built and, and grown. Uh, you know, a couple months into my tenure here, we've doubled our downloads. We've done it again since then. Uh, it, wow. It's really exciting to see when you do get that mix right and you start building all mm. these things that come off of it, uh, the kind of energy that grows. I, I, one thing I'd be, I really want to get into kind of around this, ar- around how you built it out. One thing that's obviously very clear is that you haven't done it underneath like the, um, you know, Linear B kind of brand. You've done it under a separate, a separate oh. name, Dev Interrupted. I guess what, why was that the decision? Why why did you do that? I think a lot of people, um, I think either go down, you know, one or two routes. They either really, you know, go and create this whole separate media brand, or they, you know, everything is done kind of under the under the company brand. So, like, what was the, you know, why did you go and start this like whole separate media media company media brand? Great question. So we had a few rationales for that. Mm. Um, one's really basic around branding where it's like, Hey, we wanted to differentiate the brand. We wanted to have a different visual feel. And, but we could have done that with a pod that was related to, um, overall products, but we didn't want to feel pushy about it. You know, I, I find that developers, engineering leaders, particularly as an audience, uh, they know when they're being sold to, and they don't want to be sold to, they want to make their own decisions. So we wanted to be very educational and say, look, we're going to take an education focus. We're going to talk to other leaders about what they do, right. We're going to talk about the issues that are are happening. We're going to provide that community without being pushy about like, Hey, here's this thing we're trying to sell to you. And we'll still sponsor the whole thing. And the folks decide it's the right fit because we we deeply believe that what we're doing is a positive for engineering leaders and for engineers that will help them, you know, at every level of the organization, whether it's optimizing their workflows, helping developers contact switch less, or providing like the metrics and visibility that that leadership needs to understand what's going on in their orgs. We fully believe that that's where development is going, that our product is, is strong enough for that. And we're a product-led growth company. You know, we have a free onboard uh, for any teams that are uh, below, you know, nine developers. We want them to come on. We want to try it for free, just use it free forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, free trials for, for larger teams. 
And we have a free Chrome extension that we've created to help individual developers do pull requests better because we really believe in this idea of like, we're gonna provide value and it'll reflect back to us uh, because people will recognize what we're doing and say, hey, I wanna get more in depth. I wanna engage more. And so with the podcast and with the, the free product offerings, um, this product-led growth idea, we think that meshes really well and it will give us the strongest long-term opportunity in our category. Got it, yeah. I, I, I guess my, my only, and I've, I've had this conversation a few times now with people, with people on the pod, and I, I always throw up like the counter of, I guess, by by being like a sponsor of of the content in a way. I know you guys own own the content. It's not like you're yeah. an external sponsor. Do you have you have you felt like it's been harder to kind of like, you know, really get like the like the company narrative into that content? So it's not like completely separate or has that been so- harder? So we're doing a couple of things to do it successfully. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say, like I mentioned our Chrome extension, uh, we are going to do a pod uh, in a few weeks here all about like pull requests and the problem with pull requests, which is a huge yeah, issue yeah. for engineers. Yeah. And we're going to walk through like, here the, here's the problem. Here's here's a solution. We've written a great blog about it uh, that kind of goes in depth, a couple thousand words that runs through. And we're going to demonstrate with data and studies we're running with our data science department and bring that as like an interest piece. So we're trying to do it the right way. And we're also taking a very long-term view, like I mentioned. Like we we have a ton of demand for our company right now. Things are going very well. We don't need to push the pod as a primary driver right now. We can use it to build our community, build our strength. Uh, and long-term, we're going to nurture those folks in. Plus, we see enough people who you know listen to the pod and then come come get a deal, have a deal with us uh, and, and sign on for our SaaS product that it's it's totally worth it for us ROI-wise, right? Like especially because these folks often are like, we've been listening for months. We love what you're saying. You know, Dan's doing a great job and, and we've like attended this event where you're at. Uh, and, and then we do do some like product focused stuff. Like our our conference will have one session that's sponsored by Linear B that talks about the product and the value it delivers and how that connects to everything else we're doing. Um, so we, we do have some nurture sequences in there uh, and some opportunities for that. But we, I think maybe because of the mission of the company uh, of you know giving opportunity to engineers and engineering leaders, and our belief in product-led growth, we don't want to be pushy about that. We want to give folks the opportunity to use as much as they want to, or just be part of the community and consume the content. Plus, I'm a big believer in the idea that even folks who aren't necessarily ready to buy will still be interested in the content and share it and help spread it. And you're going to access more people overall by being less pushy. So that's, that's just my kind of personal belief on it. I guess on, on the kind of feedback um, that you're seeing from, and this will kind of lead into my next question and kind of next area of discussion on, on how you're measuring this, right? How you're, mm. you know, evaluating how well this is working. What's What's been the kind of feedback so far from, from the pod? And, you know, what have you, and just from the general community that you guys have created, what's been, you know, since launching and since you came into the role, what's, what's, what's that feedback been like? It's been wonderful. So I've got a few anecdotal things I can talk about, and I can talk about some data as well, uh, because we track both. We think there's importance to both. Yeah. So one thing we've done is we've we've added a self-attribution uh, piece to all of our demo leads. So mm-hmm. we now hear from folks all the time saying, "Hey, our, I listen to your podcast. I think it's great. That's how I heard about your company." Um, so we get that kind of like anecdotal feedback, which we can then turn into actual data around attribution. Yeah. Um, we obviously have like referral data from our Dev Interrupted podcast site to, to Linear B from a lead perspective. So that's on the very like ROI standpoint. Yeah. But from the more general of like, what kind of impact is this having? You know, we have over 2,100 engineers and engineering leaders in our engineering leadership Discord community now, uh, having daily discussions. Uh, and we had, like I said, over 500 folks that show up to our Interact conference, which was spawned of those podcasts. 
We've already beat our registration total from last time with five weeks to go here now coming up for our, our next conference. So we're going to more than how, how often, sorry, how often are those conferences? How often? Are you so we're doing two per year. We might okay. adjust that moving forward when we go in person, we're, we're just doing virtual for now. Yeah. Um, my suspicion is that we might try to do like one in person, one virtual per year, just kind of give everyone full access, but we're still figuring out the details on that. We yeah. will be announcing our next one for, I think, October special preview at our April conference. So we're, we're going to have, um, our next one set up and, and rolling and, uh, the lineup's really incredible. Like we have the VP of technology from American Express, Sarfan S. Maslicki, VP of engineering for Slack, uh, senior VP of engineering for Netlify, Dana Lawson, you know, CTO of OutSystems, another unicorn CTO of Drata, which is one of the you know, fastest companies ever to a billion dollars. So we have this like massive influx of great speakers. And I'd say that's one of the anecdotal signals too, is uh, back when I started this pod, the you level of speakers that were coming to yeah. us was, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, was lower and there were less than them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can talk more too. like, frankly, like, you know, now when we post up on LinkedIn, uh, the shares we get on a lot of the thought leadership posts that spawn out this pod, because we kind of see this as like a hub and spoke model where the podcast is our weekly thing we do. You know, we create content that's the, out that's of it. the central pillar. And then everything yes. comes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there's other stuff that comes in. So like, maybe we'll have like a big thought leadership piece coming from our, our data team that doesn't necessarily go on the pod, but it's going to be like published by the media brand because it's all about the data we're seeing. Um, and we see all these opportunities for integration and the more data and inputs we get from engineering leaders and from our product, uh, the better it flows together. So I just see this, um, this feedback wheel um, continuing to speed up because of you know, more, more folks on our product giving us more data to help solve more problems yeah. and more people coming into our community, asking questions, engaging in discussions. So we have this really strong mechanism where we have excellent data um, from a quantitative and qualitative perspective. And it's, I think, really driving us to to be more and more successful. On the on the on the community point, you, you mentioned is it sorry 20, 2,400 people you've got in that in that community? Twenty one hundred in the Discord. So. Twenty one hundred. Wow. Okay. Have you have you got like a full time community manager managing that? I wish. You... Uh, <laughs> no, I I post in there a couple times. Uh, so we lead oh. try to lead like three to five times a week. We'll lead discussions. Um, I usually do that. I have a couple of folks who support me in helping write questions around it. Yeah. I will probably be bringing on a community manager to uh, take that more in depth uh, coming up in the next quarter or two, yeah. but we're kind of aggressively hiring, right? Like I, so my demand gen team, I added two folks in December. I'm adding another one right now that frankly, I wish I'd added a month ago. Uh, I've probably got two more headcount this year that I'll be adding. So we, we've got a huge growth in this community. Um, like I said, we've, we've doubled the number of folks who are coming to our conference. Um, I wouldn't be surprised for that in doubles again for October. So it's it's a lot of growth and we'll definitely be bringing someone on to manage it, yeah. I ask that because there's a lot of, um, and I have this conversation with a lot of my clients about like, they always want to start like Slack groups, mm. you know, very early on into the podcast, like five episodes in, it's like, let's start a Slack group and let's just invite loads of people into it. I, I guess, how, how have you thought about developing that? How early on did you develop that community around the podcast? Like. Yeah. yeah, talk me through that because I think there's a lot of people that go very wrong, right, with with the whole community thing and starting a private community. It's a hard thing, and, and I'll be honest, this is one of the areas where I feel like we can improve our game. Where mm -hmm. I think yep. we're just scratching the surface of what we've done. Yeah. We started it in concert with the first couple of podcasts, similar to a lot of folks. Uh, however, when we started, that was October 2020, so everyone's stuck at home, pandemic's in full swing. Everyone's yeah. spending a lot of time in those communities. 
doing that today, I don't know if I'd make the same decision. I would probably wait a couple episodes to do it mm -hmm. uh, because you want to build up a bit of a, a groundwork. You know, we had customers and people who were interested from the start. We had, you know, a groundswell of interest in, in joining these communities at the time. So it made a lot of sense for us, but we've had to make, put a lot of work into maintaining it, right? Like we, we try to lead, like I said, daily weekday discussions. We have our conference that, you know, comes around every six months to kind of push things along. We've done mm -hmm. a couple of big panel events. We include, we even tried to do a, a major panel event in Discord that was like live streamed through Discord with like a hundred plus people in attendance, uh, which was, I will say a logistical nightmare, but it was an <laughs> exciting one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, like what's been, I guess with that, with uh, what, what like type of engagement are you seeing in that, like in, in that community? I know you mentioned that the kind of posting and kind of strategy you've got slightly there, yeah. but like what's the, yeah. What, what engagement are you seeing? And are you at a point now where the, where the community is kind of, it's, it's taken itself. You're not having to, you know, always be the, be the driver, I guess, of that conversation. Sometimes, but less than I'd like, to be frank. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. A couple of really positive signals we have is so we accept submissions by other engineering leaders and engineers to write articles for our site. Um, so we've had a ton of community submissions, I think probably close to like 20 at this point from people within our community saying, hey, you know, I wrote this article about XYZ. Can I publish it with Dev Interrupted? Uh, and so that's been one really exciting piece of the community. And something that I want to invest more time into this year. A second piece that I'd say is, is great is our daily discussions do get, you know, tens, twenties of people engaging with them, uh, a lot more reading. So we have like quite an active core user base who is engaging regularly with the content. Uh, many, you know, hundreds of folks from the Discord will register for Interact and, and our conference on April 7th or already have. Uh, so I think there's a lot of stuff that's positive there. But uh the consistency is a challenge, right? Like, um, I'll say that like, I don't always post the discussion points at the same time every day. Um, maybe that would probably be like a great iteration for me to, me to get to. And I'm just like finding it challenging with, with meetings and everything else going on and scheduling posts in discord is not easy. Um, so, so there's like some stuff that we can definitely improve on. We haven't done like a full outreach back to the community as far as like reaching out to every member, seeing what's going on, making sure they're engaged in a while. So that's like another thing that's on my mind. We have a survey we're going to be putting out in the next month or two, trying to like get feedback from the community about like, what do they want to see next or iterations? Uh, but right now, like I'm already in that sprint of like, okay, I have to create all the content for, for Interact or Conference yeah, April yeah. 7th. You know, we're recording a lot of it in advance, transcribing, setting up these panels. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot going on and like a community is an awesome resource, but it is hard to maintain and do right. I, I will oh. absolutely say that. Oh yeah, I, I know it. It's, it's, it's incredibly hard. On, on that, because again, we're, we're kind of, I'm getting into the meat of it here, but like, I know there'll be people listening that are thinking, you know, where you just said, we do daily discussions, we get, you know, 10, 20 people that comment. There's a lot of people that haven't got that type of, you know, that don't know how to do that. So like getting really actionable here, like what is, you know, for example, today or yesterday, what was like the, the daily discussion and how do you start that conversation in a Discord community? Sure. So uh, I have an ongoing tracking document that covers all of our past discussions in, in a Google sheet and has like probably 50 ideas for ones moving forward that I work on with a couple of different folks within our team. So whenever we read something that we think is a potential discussion topic, we'll toss it in there. Uh, if we, if we, is it like a we, poll or is it like a, is it, is it more of just we occasionally do polls um, and we do a poll. We usually get like maybe a hundred respondents. Um, so it's a little higher than our normal discussion because folks have to, it's a little less effort. But usually we'll do like a question. So I'll give an example from, from last week. So, you know, I'll do, we'll do, usually do an at everyone tag saying, you know, here's our daily interruption. 
dev interrupted daily interruption. Uh, uh, you know, I shared a post about from betterprogramming.pub about engineering org structures and the QRF model yeah. uh, of teams and said, you know, org structure for companies need, that need to move fast uh, often validates a lot of the things we speak about, including like yeah. minimizing interruptions, maximizing productivity. Uh, has anyone tried this approach or anything similar to gain greater velocity in engineering teams? How did it work? Are there any other structures do you think work better? And we've had like a, a trickle discussion uh, the first you know hour or two and people start coming in over the next couple of days or hours and we'll drop yeah. their comments in and follow up. So some of those posts do really well. Others are things where it's like very basic stuff. Like sometimes on Fridays, we'll do like a, a fun thing. Like we'll do like wrong answers only. Like what makes engineering teams successful? But honestly, there's high variance, right? We've also done a couple of, of really interesting pieces that I think speak to like how to do modern PR. And this is something where I think we've had a lot of, a lot of success is we've had SD Times, which is a, a big um, uh, media company for, for developers and, and tech, has done yeah. two different sponsored discussions in the Discord. So uh, we've had writers okay. come in, reach out to me and say, hey, you know, you have a ton of engineers and leaders here. Here's this thing I'm writing about. Can you ask about it? And so we'll do uh, a discussion yeah. based off of what the reporter is saying, uh, which always gets folks fired up. And it's actually led to uh, at least one article where um, our CTO had like a full interview off of it. Uh, you know, obviously, if we're going to do a discussion question uh, from a from a reporter, I'm going to tell him, hey, come into the Discord and like write a great answer today. <laughs> uh, and, and I think there's like huge opportunities for things like that people aren't really thinking about where you know, these communities attract not only like engineering leaders, but folks who like want to pay attention to what's going on that helps influence developers about um, what's happening in these communities. And also, like I said, with, with media. Um, and I think there's a, a lot of meat on that bone that we haven't even really reached, reached yet. Mm, yeah, 100%. I think it's community as a whole. It's, it's, it's very, I think it's very hard to get off the ground. And it's, um, I think a lot of people think it's a lot easier than it actually is, but it, there's, yep. there's, there's a lot of value if you can get it right. Um, yeah. If you can, you know, if you can build it properly and you can get it to the point where it becomes that like self-sustaining model itself. And, uh, and I'll be honest, we, we've had challenges with that ourselves, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to say it's all been success. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a community manager who left the team last September. And that's when okay. I like, took back over the daily discussions yeah. And uh, after he left, like there was a couple of weeks there where a, I wasn't as consistent as I needed to be because I was yeah. dealing with several other concerns yeah, and it was yeah. like this new responsibility getting added, but, but B people were just engaging less. And so we've had to like build that discussion back up a bit. We had this little like leg in it where, and once that happens, you know, if people aren't seeing other folks replying, they're less likely to jump in too. So you have to like work hard to kind of build that back up. You- uh, I'll also say I occasionally miss, sometimes there's a discussion point where like two people respond yeah. Like, all right, I, I missed on that one. Like, let's, let's figure I it out. It, 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 it doesn't have to be perfect consistency, I don't think. It doesn't have to be like, I almost don't, it doesn't have to be like eight o'clock every day. Right. Post. I almost think that you then kind of lose that, you know, real human element of, of community, yeah. right? It's not just like a, the same robotic post at eight, eight o'clock every morning. I guess this will, this will be a good transition. How are you, are you using that community? Is that like... Are you using that to drive growth for the podcast? Is that like, is that going back and forward? Talk me through that and then we can transition. Definitely is. Um, we have a lot of folks who will join. So we, we post our podcast on a variety of channels like dev.to is an example. They are uh, a developer platform. Dzone's another that actually partners with us sometimes on events. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get a lot of folks who join because I, I ask every person who introduces themselves and in our introduced self channel, like, hey, how'd you hear about us? And they'll be like, oh, I, I read this article here or I listened yeah. to the podcast. Uh, and sometimes they're regular listeners who I 
I just want to nurture and have engaged and, and have part of the community. Sometimes there are folks who saw one article and are like, oh, I might as well join the Discord. And then it's like, okay, how do we get them to show up to our interact conference? Uh, because if they do that, suddenly they're going to be like, oh, this is so much value here, right? Um, so I, I really use our events as like a nurture mechanism for uh, developing the community, engaging folks more. I'll say one thing that I wish we did that uh, I need to set up is I want us to do monthly events, right? Like we have this big conference. It takes a lot of energy, uh, but it's spectacularly successful. But how do we get to a point where we have like a, a monthly event for listeners? This is something that I'll say like Chris Walker from Refine Labs does really well is they have like a, a weekly event. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super smart stuff. It kind of yeah. creates this like really quick feedback loop for them. Uh, yeah. It's something that I think we, we can probably integrate into our own process too. Is that, is that something that you're thinking about doing kind of quickly? Yeah. So we, with our COO, um, busy raising and just the growth of the company. We've doubled since I came on board last May. Uh, we're going to double again this year. Actually, God, we might be like more like 150% up since I joined. But he, he's very busy now, right? So he's probably our, he's our best pod host, like I said, because he understands what's going on and connects with folks. But we're also going to bring on a dev advocate who's probably going to start filling in for some episodes. So mm-hmm. it, what I'm thinking is maybe what we're going to do is like a monthly you know, event where we, we talk with the community and then we have you know, our normal episodes as well. Uh, but we're, we're thinking yeah. of different ideas with that because I think there's an opportunity for us to to use that to engage our community more and increase mm-hmm. the flywheel effect we're seeing. How and it'd be interesting to see to to kind of hear your answer here. Like how how realistic do you think it is to get to a point where you're doing, let's say, you know, use the example there of Chris, you know, running that weekly event. How realistic do you think that is? A, you know, for for you guys to get to that point, but also you know, just for for other companies like you know like yourself because i think a lot of people i, I asked the question because i think a lot of people see chris and they think you know we can do that but then in reality you know leadership internally it's just not it's not really possible it's, it's very hard to do um so how i guess how easy do you think that will be for you guys to get to that point um and how how doable do you think it is for, for, for you know for other guys like yourself it's gonna be hard uh, yeah. like no question, like even talking about like that initial leadership buy-in and the long-term leadership yeah. buy-in on the pod, like I said, we're seeing now that, you know, Dan doesn't have time to do every podcast recording. Right. So because of that, we're going to have to figure out like, okay, am I hosting the events, uh, someone else. Yeah. And if, if I'm hosting them, like now that my team scale, I don't really have time to do the prep work for the event. So does that mean someone on the events team is doing it? Uh, we have a large marketing department for our science. We are, we're a big believer in inbound, uh, because we've seen the impact that's happening. Yeah. But it's gonna it's gonna be a lift for us regardless, and it's something I'm gonna have to push for and, and say, look, like we need to do this because that's gonna be our, our next accelerant. Yeah, yeah, I, I I see it as I think a lot of people should probably start off quite. I think a lot of people race to do like the weekly, you know, biweekly when just start off, start you know, be be a little bit realistic about it, um, and get that get that buy-in over time. I think as, as, as a good transitioning point with the with the community, um, what have been some of the the kind of key growth levers for for this podcast? I know you've mentioned throughout the conversation so far, you've mentioned a few different things about PR and you know what have been some of like the key key drivers for getting to you know thousands of downloads a week. Yeah, so I think there's quite a few. The community has definitely been a way for us to maintain and kind of yeah. keep people engaged. That's been great. But I think the most impactful thing we do is that we we spread our content. So every week we have a couple of clips that come out uh, that we'll be posting on social channels. Ideally, you know, the host will be posting them as well. So like Dan or I will, will post a clip and kind of share it to, to our LinkedIn audience or Twitter audience. 
we've also like set up a, a YouTube that now like has the full recordings going up. So we have a, a yeah. video editor who will come in and like put the full recording up along with clips. Um, so that's definitely one way we're spreading it. But more importantly, we do like a recap post every week. So uh, we'll have like a, hey, here's the episode. Here's a graphic about it. Here's some bullet points with like uh, links to timestamps. Uh, we've started doing transcripts as well the last couple months where uh, sometimes it'll come out with the episode. Sometimes it'll come out a few days later. Yeah. Uh, and we'll post that to communities that are interested in this kind of content. Uh, so we'll say, hey, here's the recap post. Here's what's happening. Uh, we've also gone viral on Reddit quite a few times now at this point. So coding communities are really excited by this because there is a missing niche for engineering leadership con uh, content and kind of like the stories of engineering leaders, both successful and failures. Um, yeah. One of the things I think we've really differentiated on is we have a, a, a ongoing segment about screw up stories where, you know, like the C2 of Drata, uh, you know, they're one of the fastest companies ever to a billion dollars, like I mentioned, for as far as valuation. And he is going to be at our conference in April, and he's going to talk about two times he screwed up and, and what he learned from it and how he's adjusted. Uh, because, you know, we hear from him all the time about like, oh, Drata's killing it. Here, here are the things that we, we do well. Let's go hear from him about what he's learned from his mistakes, because that doesn't get talked about enough. So I think differentiating on content is important. But, but if you don't show folks the content, if you don't give them an opportunity to consume it, whether it's through social channels, uh, you know, Reddit, um, forums, other communities, then no one is going to go find it necessarily. Uh, you can't just count on people to come find your podcast. You have to distribute it. And so I think owning distribution and putting a lot of effort into it is extremely important. On, on Reddit, just because I've seen this, I've, I've seen this topic float about a little bit recently, recently on LinkedIn of people trying to figure out the channel. What's, what's been the approach there? Are you just like going into certain communities and like, you know, dropping a post? I'm saying that because I know Reddit can be quite a harsh quite a harsh yeah. environment, quite a harsh channel uh, for, for feedback. So like, how, how are you, how are you approaching that? Um, um, I don't want to get too in depth on it because it's a bit of secret sauce, uh, but I can okay. share a little bit. Um, yeah, so yeah. some of it is around purely organic uh, folks listening to the podcast, finding it, spreading it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been spectacular. We have done some posting from a few, you know, employee accounts where we'll, we'll see an episode we think will fit a community We'll try, try giving it a post. A lot of it's tapping into with titling. I'll say if you are not approaching Reddit with a, a thought process around how to title for Reddit, you're going to yeah. fail um, because it's such a, such a large but yet niche community. Um, and every community on Reddit is different. The moderators are different. Their approach to what they like to see is different. Um, are you putting tags on the post if that's required? Are you making sure you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's? So I would encourage anyone listening who wants to approach Reddit Feel free to drop me a DM on LinkedIn, uh, Connor Bronsden. Happy to chat with you individually or more broadly. Go ahead and just really make sure you're thinking about every step of the process. Because if you're just going to drop a link in with your your standard title, it's not going to work. Are you are you are you kind of, for example, a post that you've done on LinkedIn? Are you are you adjusting that for Reddit? Like, are you, is it like a completely different post, or like do you take kind of like the same copy that you'd take for LinkedIn and put it on Reddit, or is that too in the weeds? Yeah, so we actually haven't approached um, major posts on LinkedIn much. Mostly, we're posting links to our content um, because we have a lot of weekly content, whether it's the podcast, blogs, etc. We find that giving communities the opportunity to make their own decisions is better versus yeah. trying to be like an active community participant uh, around like, hey, we're dev interrupted and here's our weekly post. That is something we're exploring and we have some ideas around. Um, but generally we're not putting like, you know, here are the three paragraphs they put in our LinkedIn post, put on Reddit. Uh, I would yeah. definitely recommend adjusting that versus uh, trying to just drop it in. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd agree. Um, on the on the kind of content workflow, so like this, you know, bringing this all together. I know how you know uh, crazy, uh, you know, law, you know, ma- maintaining and keeping a podcast going is because I do it all day, every day. So just talk us through like that, you know, the, the I guess the process of getting sure. us live, you know, every every week or whatever the you know frequency is. Um, and just, I guess, like the behind the scenes of how you bring this together with, you know, the guests. Just yeah, I'm happy to. Process. So when I joined the team back in May uh, of 2021, I took over the whole process. So I was doing the editing, the distribution. Uh, wow. We had a video uh, editor who would help me with the clips. Um, yeah. But the actual podcast editing and uh, all like the social posts, shares, articles, that was all me. Um, I've expanded the team since then, uh, which was necessary for us to really have success. So I brought on a freelancer to help me with distribution who would uh, help me write the, the, the weekly posts and um, eventually trained him to also edit the podcast. Uh, I trained a second freelancer who came on to help us social uh, to edit the pod as well. So by um, November this last year, I had three folks helping out. I had someone who was focused entirely on distribution, uh, doing like 15 hours a week of distribution help. I had someone who was focused on like blog writing on the pod, helping ghostwrite blogs for guests helping to um, edit the podcast. And I had someone who's focused on like building our social channels. Uh, I then added two full-time team members as well. So our, our head of content, Jonathan, who's had great success, I should shout him out on the, on the Reddit piece. Um, he, he's been the one driving that strategy. He's been very successful. And an SEO lead, Bree, um, who's helping to kind of grow our long-term content funnel uh, around key search terms related to the pod now that we have enough content. And she's doing a lot of other work within the team. So, so now really the pod team is myself uh, and John, um, plus the, our freelance team that I mentioned. John is now taking over like day-to-day producing duties. So we'll do like a 30-minute meeting with every guest in advance. This is something that we were doing as often as we could going last year. Now it's every guest will get a 30-minute meeting uh, like a week or two in advance where we talk to them about like, what do we want to talk to them on the episode? We'll write, the, we'll write out like a full script of panel questions that we'll share in advance with them. Uh, you know, we prep our, whoever's hosting that episode in advance as well. So we'll have a prep session with our hosts to make sure they know who the person is, uh, walk them through the LinkedIn, talk about any questions or adjustments. Uh, we'll even write some like transition pieces. So if, uh, if, if host is like struggling for a point, we'll have like a transition piece for them, trying to make the job as easy as possible for whoever's jumping in as host, uh, which yeah. is sometimes me, but usually Dan Lines, our, our CEO and former VP of engineering. And then as far as like booking guests, initially it was a lot of acquisition. So I went out and I, I knew folks like Brandon Burns, who's the co-founder of Kubernetes and a CVP at Microsoft. I'd worked with him at Microsoft. And, you know, I hit him up on LinkedIn, said, Brendan, you should come on this podcast that I'm writing now. And I, you know, you know, cold DM'd Rukmini Reddy, who's the senior VP of engineering at Slack, and said, come on this pod. So a lot of LinkedIn requests. I have like a, an air table going with hundreds of people who I've reached out to. And got some really awesome names out of that. We'll also talk to like our customers because we work with VPs of engineering. We'll say, hey, you know, Chris Downard, you know, shout out Chris. He's one of our, our big supporters and a longtime customer for Linear B uh, who came on the podcast. Uh, he's a great VP of engineering, shared his own knowledge. So that's a great opportunity for us to kind of source from our own community. And it's a great way to give back to and a kind of a nurtured customer success mechanism too, which is a great thing I think is underrated when you're doing an interview style pod. But as we've kind of grown, I'll get a lot more PR requests now, right? So we have, um, we have folks from, from PR communities that'll reach out to either John or I and say, hey, you know, you should have so-and-so on the pod. Uh, and we'll evaluate, we'll talk to them. If it's a, a fit, we'll, we'll say yes. And we'll usually say, okay, great. Like, do you have any other names who you think would be a good fit? Uh, we've also put a couple of uh, like calls for guests on, on Harrow uh, around looking for like inbound. So we, we have a, 
a major back catalog at this point. Um, I'll also have a lot of folks. So like I source, like I hand curate our lineup for Interact, our conference. Um, all the VPs of engineering, all the CTOs, are the folks I've personally talked to embedded. Uh, I've worked with them closely on uh, what their, uh, their, their session's going to be about and gone in depth with them. We'll often have them a lot in the podcast. So it's kind of this like reverse and, and forward mechanism of people who are coming to the pod, like create the best of you. Like we want you to come back, right? We want you to come back for Interact or another event of ours. And then yeah. folks who we, we come on to, to, to complete the rest of the lineup, I'll, I'll say, great, you were, you were awesome in your session. Come on mm-hmm. the podcast. So we have like this, this great flywheel happening there. Catherine Kohler, Director of Engineering Productivity at Netflix, someone I want to shout out for this. She was a podcast guest for us. She was also a panelist for us in our continuous improvement discussion with Charity Major, CTO at Honeycomb, uh, and Dana Lawson, then at GitHub, now, now at Netlify. Uh, and Catherine's coming back for a panel again. Uh, same with Dana. She's coming back again for, for Interact. So we have this like wonderful community where folks have this great experience on the podcast. You know, we tagged them on a bunch of social posts on LinkedIn and Twitter and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming back and getting excited about it. Um, and I guess, I guess actually for you guys, the community probably fuels a lot of those. Exactly. Well, having that so very active. That's a, that's a very active piece of, for us is, is our community and, um, mm-hmm. you know, engineering leadership articles too. Like I mentioned, Catherine, uh, she's going to be coming out with an article for us about her, uh, her podcast appearance from last year and some of the work she's doing that comes out uh, either this week or next week, depending on. Uh, a couple of things we're figuring out. So, so we have this great flywheel that happens there. And I think we, we make sure the experience is really strong for our guests. I think that's really important. And because of that, they're stoked to come back for an event or to recommend other people in their network to us. On the, on, on the kind of, I guess, post, post-production, once the episode's gone live and, you know, guests have been booked and everything, the, the kind of part after that, which is the, you know, the clips and the content repurposing side of this. What, what does that, what does that look like? I guess from like a 30,000 foot overview, like what, how many, you know, pieces of content are you, are you typically repurposing, you know, per, yeah. per podcast? And like, what does that, what does that look like? You know, taking this 30, 60 minute podcast and then translating that into, you know, lots of different pieces of content for Reddit, LinkedIn, you know, whatever channels. So typically uh, our editors, when they're going through, well, they've been trained to find clips they find compelling. Uh, usually they'll come out with like four to seven clips where like, oh, this is a great piece. Uh, and then we'll have a weekly meeting between our production team uh, where they'll review these clips with our social team as well and say, okay, uh, which of these are actually going to land in channels? And we'll usually cut it down to two or three. And Got it. okay, okay. So we, we kind of like go through the editing process Pick a pick a, a large swath that might be good, uh, then we'll get other opinions from our, our social team and, and our production to kind of say, okay, what's going to hone in here, and we'll use those in a few ways. So we create these side dishes uh, for the our our new uh, producer has created a, an entire cooking metaphor for all this. So 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 bear with me here. Um, <laughs> but if the the recipe is uh, on the standpoint of like you know prep time, creating questions. After the podcast comes out, that may be the main course, but our, our side dish is like a great blog and come out of it. So something we're doing with guests now is we're partnering with them with a writer where you'll see them come out with an article that they've co-written together uh, that'll feature the clips from that episode. So we can uh, repurpose okay. those not only on social, but also we'll embed them you know, using YouTube uh, into like a great article talking about it and kind of giving additional opportunity for us to then spread that to various content channels in a blog form. Um, because we really want to make sure that people have an opportunity to consume the podcast uh, and a full length audio audio experience, full length video, 
through transcription if they're not able to, um, for, for other reasons, you know, use the video or audio. Then we'll provide blog content so they can get synopsises, clips. Uh, we think the more we can, we can kind of chop it up and, and provide these, these various dishes, uh, the better. Yeah, I, I think, con- re- I mean, repurposing is the whole topic, I think is still so yeah. uh, misunderstood. Um, and there's, 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 there's still so many companies that just don't understand it. So yeah, no, it, it sounds like you've got a, a really killer process working there. Uh, We're doing our best. <laughs> I, I, it's easy for me to go like, oh, we have so many other opportunities. Like I, I know all the areas where we're, we're still missing, but I, I think we can yeah. up our game. So. No, it's, I, I think from what it sounds like and from what you guys are you know, putting out, it sounds like you're doing a really good job. So thanks. Know, appreciate it, Joseph. It's, 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 it's one of them. I think, I think we've, I think with repurposing the only, the only thing I, <sighs> just as, as something that I've noticed with, 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 with certain companies, they get kind of stuck in the same creative cycle a lot of the time. Like they yeah. never really tend to evolve. Like they almost see repurposing as just like this, like side thing that they've just got to tick off and just do. Whereas I think it repurposing is almost like its whole own thing that needs to be, you know, constantly reviewed and improved on. And, you know, you yep. have to constantly refine the creators and test. But I think that's the only, the, the only thing that totally I agree. to see is a miss from, from a few you know, different companies. Uh, I'll say that that's, that's one of the reasons I brought John, uh, our mm. new producer onto my team is yeah. back in like uh, October, November last year, I was feeling a little stuck. And part of this yeah. was just, I'd taken on all these new responsibilities. My, my title had been changed. So I was, I had a lot more under my yeah. uh, purview and I needed someone who could come in and focus and bring fresh eyes to it. And we've made massive changes that have been huge for improvements the last couple months. Um, and so that giving that person, here's the operation, take it to the next level and then doing regular checks of like, okay, like, you know, now we're hitting, you know, 1200, sometimes 1500 downloads a week. How do we get to 2000? How do we get to that? Like 5,000 level? Um, How do we keep leveling up and building that into like our quarterly reviews, building that into our process Mm -hmm. uh, and just having more, I would almost say consultative cooks in the kitchen um, Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, maybe John's now running a lot of the day to day for me. Um, Mm Now I can spend more time on thinking about the strategy and take it to the next level. And, you know, we should talk to our VP of marketing regularly about it. And we should talk to folks like yourself and get like feedback mechanisms. Um, I think that's really important. It's building in that kind of continuous improvement, continuous learning mechanism. And if you don't do that, uh, you know, your pod may be doing great for a while or your media may be doing great for a while, but you need to constantly change and evolve. And you see that with the best uh, influencers. You see that with the best companies. Uh, they are always building on what they've done. I think I think a great I mean a great example you you, you mentioned him earlier Chris and what what uh, the team at Refine are doing I mean just looking at like how I love what they're doing on YouTube I don't know if you've seen their, their yeah. YouTube channel but it's just the the kind of you can see they've really put time into 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 the creative for that and just I mean how how Chris has evolved his own LinkedIn content and creatives it's just there's a lot of improvements and refinements that have obviously gone into that into that strategy um, I would even say someone like if you want to talk about YouTube, like look at some of the most successful YouTubers out there, like Mr. Oh, Beast. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, look yeah, at the last yeah, several yeah. years of what he's done. Uh, it's oh, really yeah. incredible to see how he's changed and upped his game yeah. and the, oh. the, the thought process that goes into those. Like, yeah. I think it's important to learn not only from folks who are doing amazing B2B stuff like Chris, but also to look at what's happening Outside in the creator space yeah. because yeah. we can learn a lot of lessons from creators and what they're doing. 100%. I mean, that guy is just, yeah. Some, some, some of his videos recently. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely crazy. Uh, as, a, as, as a final point, because I'm conscious of time, um, this whole kind of media company, you know, build the media company, 
it feels like it's kind of um, it's it's gotten and, and picked up a lot of traction. I'd say over the last like 12, 18 months, a lot of people are now kind of beating the drum of this uh, and are wanting to you know build a media company. Yeah. Um, do do you think this is something that like everyone should be doing? Yes. You know, should every okay? Yeah, you do. Very, very emphatically. I, uh, mm. Marketing has changed. Um, yeah. Today, everyone has access to so much information, and if your content doesn't stand out, you're going to lose long term. Bottom line, like you need to find a way to stand out and controlling your content and making it work perfectly for what you need, I think is extremely important to that. Um, and the variation may, may depend. So like some folks may want to build, you know, focus on an article strategy, depending on their audience. Uh, some yep. folks may want to, you know, focus on video because of their audience. It really does depend. Uh, maybe you want to do both, but you should absolutely be creating content and taking a content focused strategy. There's no question in my mind. That's where marketing is. I think for me, it's just a question of to the degree of what you do it, right? Like mm. I, I, do, I, I do think there's maybe some companies where they shouldn't go as much into it. But then I think there are, there are. I mean, like, I guess I, I'll, I'll throw out a, a point. Like, do you think everyone should be trying to build like, a, you know, what you guys have done with Dev Interrupted, like a completely like separate big media? Um, I think it depends on the company. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I, I do think more companies than, than are doing it should be trying it because- yeah. I think long-term there's major benefits, but it may not make sense for companies that need certain short-term things, or it may be that you don't have the in-house expertise available to actually, you know, do it the way we're doing it. So like our way of doing it's not the only way Uh, it's been very successful for us. And I think it is a great model to follow, but you should vary it depending on your resources, depending on your goals and depending on your audience. Well, Connor, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground um so massively massively appreciate coming on uh, my pleasure i think we should probably have a catch up in six six twelve months uh, and let's see. do it i think i think we'll have some exciting numbers to share so. <laughs> and, see, and see where you're at with it uh, but yeah like i said really really appreciate you coming on thank you thanks joseph it was my pleasure and uh thanks for having me on